Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike. Mike, I'm going to just pass it right to you right now. Uh, what's on your mind right now? Can you start us that way? Yeah, you know, um, besides dropping my pen right there. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, sometimes we have this banter before we start the podcast. And I sometimes I tell Connor and Tanner, I'm like, man, I wish we would have had it rolling because that, that was really good, you know. And now we're on it. And it's and I said, just start it. And I've got some things in my mind now. My mind's going blank. Uh, no, actually, seriously, I do have some things on my mind that uh, it's kind of interesting. I just want to process it out with you a little bit because we do have a topic for today. This is our last installment of the Pride Month stuff. Here's what I'm thinking about. Galatians 6.14 tells us, far be it from me. This is what Paul said. Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And, and he, he starts his chapter. This is in a book called Authentic Ministry that our staff and elders and deacons are reading this, this summer. Our interns, summer interns are reading it. Uh, we're taking it through our pastoral staff as well. I'm kind of writing up a, a bit of a, a synopsis every week for our staff on Sunday. I send it out. But I've really been thinking. I, I've, I've read and listened to this book probably five times. And, I, and I'm doing it like on the way to church this morning. I was listening mm-hmm. to chapter two mm-hmm. on, on, on my audible. And so I, I, I like to master certain books. And this is one. It's a small book. But he says, the seed of all sickness in the Christian life is the failure to boast in the cross. Mm-hmm. The seed of all health is boasting in the cross. Yet how easy it is to think we can move on from such basics of the gospel. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. There's two things in my mind that's they're just rattling around in my mind, okay? And as and as the the balls are rattling around, I'm thinking, I'm not sure, but I get I'm having these thoughts. One is I'm thinking, we just we just took like a whole month and just Pride Month, Pride Month, Pride Month, Pride Month. And I'm thinking, did we do too much? Okay, that, that was my first thought. And then my second thought is our our motive, we know our motive is to to boast in the cross. And and because of the cross of Christ, this is why we're bringing up what is what the degradation and depravity in our culture, not to point our fingers and say, look how bad those people are, but really to say, this is how bad sin is. And Jesus came to save people from their sins. Mm-hmm. But what, what I've been thinking as well is, um, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm kind of feeling like pride, pride month, ran its course and nobody cares anymore. <laughs> now, I know that sounds weird what I just said, but I feel like I'm seeing it less in my face this year than any other of the previous two or three years. Okay, so the two things I just said, what do you think about what I just said? Like, did we do it too much? Have we been talking about it too much? Are we hammering this too much? And then the, the idea of like, is this like maybe not as big a thing anymore? Or maybe is it more normalized? I don't know. It's just, I'm not seeing as many like... Uh, spurious rainbows that no. aren't, that aren't about God's promises, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, to your first point, the idea that we, did we, you know, let this kind of drag us too deep in, into the, the mix. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, even as you said, here we are with the last of our, you know, podcasts, uh, kind of focusing on, on these topics during pride month. I was thinking, Hmm, we let a certain, you know, kind of secular agenda dictate one twelfth of our programming for the year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of significant. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a choice that we can make. We didn't do that the last few years. So this year we just have decided to do that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think that if people are thinking about it, there's hopefully value to anybody who's been listening and what we've been saying. And it's a choice that we're free to make. Um, 
Yeah, anything to respond to that with? You just said, uh, you know what? You struck me what you just said, that we let one like social issue or moral issue dictate one twelfth of our programming for the year. And you know what what I thought was, wow, you're right. And then then I thought we never talk about, we never think about our programming except a couple (laughs) days before, you know? And, but the thing is because we want it to be flow of life. And yes, we plan certain things out, but for the most part, we're, we're going off of what are we reading in the word? Where's our local congregation? You know, Grace Church of Orange, where are we, what are we going through right now? What's hitting the people? What are the kind of questions we're getting and things like that? Right. And we do, we have gotten a lot of questions on pride month, but I, I do, I I've started to think, have, did we just, did we just address this too many times? Um, I wonder, um, I wonder. <laughs> I think any Christian who's yeah. who's doing anything like what we're doing, you're just you're thinking about what's going to be helpful to people. There's other issues that we watch kind of float by us, and we didn't say anything about. Juneteenth mm-hmm. was this month, mm-hmm. and we didn't say a single thing about it. You know, so um, there's just there's different social issues that are always on the horizon or, or kind of floating past us, and you just have to choose what you're going to comment on. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, looked, looked um, like you had a quick thought. Yeah, I did look at you, didn't I? Um, well, the social and moral issues of our days. Uh, and, and I'm going to say of, of our days, the, the idea that whatever time anyone lives in and we're living in the time we're living and we're not living in the past, we're not living in the future. Um, those, we do need to bring the gospel to bear upon the things that are going on. And, and I think, I think it could be safe to say that someone, and no one said this to me, someone could say, well, wow, there are other issues, <laughs> which is true. I do think this is the issue morally, socially, spiritually, that has, that gets the most airplay. And I think this, this probably leads us into the topic for today because you came up with a really good uh, question, which is, could, you know, you, you can say it better, but something about, can you imagine a world or what would it be like when, when this is just so absolutely normalized, we don't even bring it up anymore. How did you say that? I don't know exactly how I said it, but I think your second thought actually pointed us in the direction you asked oh is 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 it possible that pride month was quieter this year um than past years Mm -hmm. and i thought well that's actually the perfect segue into this idea you know imagine a world 10 20 50 years down the road when pride month isn't isn't really even you know on anyone's radar anymore because the the reality of uh socially acceptable and celebrated you know freedom of sexuality where you can be any gender that you want to be you can love any person that you want to love is so ubiquitous so accepted that it's just it's like water under the bridge you know it's not even a question uh on the table for dispute anymore maybe that's not where society's going to go you know certain people even elders at our church have suggested i wonder if things are going to swing back in a different direction and the pendulum's going to swing again so that's not necessarily what the future will look like but if pride month was a little quieter this year does it indicate that people are pulling back from that agenda or does it indicate that it's so in the water and so accepted that people don't feel the need to make the same kind of statements that they were even just a few years ago? I'm not sure that I know the answer to that question. Um, But what we wanted to talk about on the podcast today was, yeah, kind of this, you know, strange horizons, a future world where um, things have shifted so dramatically in our culture. And I would even argue with transgenderism, especially uh, a certain new cultural norm becoming accepted that's really unprecedented in the world's history in the sense of uh, transgenderism, I think, being a unique um, product, you know, at least at, at the scale that it's been accepted of this society um, and, and really all of the West and the world. So I, I'm rambling right now, Mike, but but can I, I like I like your rambling. Can I tee it up with something that I was talking about actually with somebody this morning? Mm-hmm. I, was talking to a, I was talking to someone this morning and they um, 
they're sharing about a a kind of uh, a business venture that they're in the middle of and say one of the people that I'm working with closely is gay. Um, somebody that they had, had uh, connected with in, in an educational setting at first. But um, they were just making the point, you know, I think as a believer, I have to live in a society and I have to even, you know, inhabit a kind of uh, a business world where that's just increasingly becoming part of my experience. You know, I'm going to be working with lots of people who are gay or even transgender, and I'm going to have to think about what it means to faithfully navigate that as a believer. But they, they made the point, I don't think it's a bad thing that I'm working with this this person who's gay. Um, and they offered, they said it's something that I thought was just, it just is interesting food for thought. They said, you know, I think that I see a lot of the other where Christians are trying to kind of put up these cultural hedges and insulate themselves from anything that would, you know, kind of put them in contact with the LGBTQ plus world. And they were saying in certain parts of the country, you can go on Airbnb and in the description, it's, it will say something like uh, this, this um, rental is not open to gay couples. Um, and so that was, I think in my mind, just kind of a, a you know, flag of like, well, what's that going to look like in 20, 30 years as these things increasingly become kind of commonplace in our society? How will a Christian navigate that? Is it appropriate to kind of have that head in the sand, insulating away mentality? Um, or should believers be thinking about, okay, no, this is interacting with this world is going to become just kind of part and parcel of everyday life. And I need to prepare to do that faithfully. So that's a lot, Mike, but do you have any immediate reactions to that? Or where's your mind going mm-hmm. um, just in terms of those ideas? That's good. Well, I'm a, by the way, you said you were rambling a little bit. I'm a big fan of Connor rambles. <laughs> I, I really are. I like, I like, I, I am. I like when you ramble and, and when you rumble, you know, rumble, <laughs> rumble. rumbles yeah. and rambles, Man. you know, when you fight and when you, I, I really was a fan of you at VBS last week when you were the uh, British uh Recording my artist. accent was a little bit muddled. Uh, no, it was wonderful. Yeah. You were great. like Miss Doubtfire. No, I know, and I love it. And you know, what I love is like the kids, even kid, younger kids, they look up to you when they see that you doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I just love it. So, hmm, talking about cultural hedges and insulating ourselves from contact, head in the sand, and all that. Okay, so the first thing that made me think is, and I'm glad I don't know who you're talking about. I'm thinking, why is that person pushing against those ideas, and why do they have an, it? I ca- I caught an edge. Mm. Like a like almost an anti Christian edge, even if they're a Christian, like mm. against the church, and I'm thinking to myself, and and you know the the two sided, I'm gonna call it two sided. Um, uh, what it, what's it called? You know when you forget a word, I forget words sometimes. But when when you discrimination, that's it, discrimination. Um, two I call it two sided discrimination. Like we're not gonna buy or we're not gonna rent to mm-hmm. you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, both you know it's funny both sides. Uh, this I've said this many times that this fight came to our door and hit us in the face. Hmm. Someone knocks on your door and punches you in the face. You know, what do you do? This is what happened with the LGBTQIA plus uh, agenda. Okay. And the two side discrimination is happening. In fact, it's louder from the LGBTQIA, which is they're saying we're not going to buy. No, thanks. We're walking. They're doing the reverse discrimination where they're saying, and we won't buy from your company either. Yeah. And so I just think it's e- they've made it social, political, moral, um, capitalistic, uh, uh, you know, so many different things. And I do say they because there it, there is a concerted effort. Like I'm a Christian and my I go back to, you know, Galatians 614. Uh, I'm going to boast in the cross and the cross. I'm going to preach Christ crucified. I 
I don't have any other agenda but to bring the gospel. I, 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 I before God and before you, mm-hmm. I have no, and, and our listeners, I have, there's no other ulterior motive. All right. Motive, uh, no ulterior motive. It's all about Jesus. Um, I'm not pushing a political party. I'm not pushing a social construct. I'm literally uh, saying this is what the Bible says. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I'm an American. Uh, can you can you hear traces of my culture? Of course. Okay. But what I'm saying is the LGBTQIA agenda is, you know, like recently it was uh, there was a parade. And it's we are coming for your children. Mm. So here, well, let's use this against you. You're saying don't come for our children. Oh, we are, and we will get them. That's how militant this group is. And who's getting beat up? It's usually the people that, that are saying, please don't do this in front of my kids, you know? Right. So I think I, I, this whole cultural hedge, insulating ourselves thing, I agree we shouldn't do that. But, like, please be discerning and please right. think about where you're going to take what your kids are going to be listening to. Like, are, does that mean you're taking them to drag queen story hour right, at the right, library? Right. Um, the head in the sand thing, I feel like, you know, it's okay. Here's another one. Okay, hot button topic. I am not a fan of legalized marijuana. You know why? I don't want to smell your marijuana. <laughs> okay, I make it. I made a decision when I was young. I would never smoke. Why? This was before I was a Christian. Why? Because my grandfather died of emphysema. Mm-hmm. He he smoked since he was nine years old. He smoked unfiltered camels. Okay, I said I'm not going to do that. I don't want to smoke cigarettes. I don't want to smoke cigars. I don't want to smell your 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 marijuana. But I have to smell it all the time right now. Yep. I've got some neighbors that do it. Yep, me too. So it's like I am getting it pushed upon me. Well, my head isn't in the sand. In fact, my nose is out in public and I'm <laughs> smelling things. Yeah. And my eyes are out in public. And it's not like, oh, my, my gentle little eyes can't see that or hear that. No. But, you know, there's, a, there's no when, when there's no moral compass left, you get anarchy and worse. So I would say, yeah, don't worry about all these cultural hedges and insulate yourselves. And from contact, you need to be salt and light out in the world. Yeah. But don't cover up Christ. That's what yeah. I, I would say. And why would a person push that kind of a thing? when? And then, so who cares who you work with? Right. Okay. Unless it's a Christian organization. Yep. Now I do care who you work with, you know? So anyway, I don't know. There's a lot yeah. there. <laughs> no, I, 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 there is a lot there. Um, I ranted. You rambled and I ranted. I like your ranting. I do. Um. I, I think maybe part of my burden would be to say something like this. I think that if you were if we're thinking about the future, yes, in part we're thinking about the next generation of Christians. Fair to say, yes. Um, so we're thinking about the kids who are growing up now in Christian churches, and I'm just thinking what kind of what kind of you know new categories of Christian formation of thought are really crucial for this next generation to catch. And I think rightly churches are are. Churches, universities, pastors, parents are wanting to maybe put more emphasis on a really well-formed, you know, understanding of what it means to be embodied, gendered, uh, with uh, God's plan for marriage, really clearly articulated. You know, like that. I think that mm-hmm. those things have previously been culturally present, and so we haven't had to fight so hard for them. But now, you know, having a really well-formed, formed understanding of those things and helping pass that along to children is super important. Um, at the same time, I think that, you know, if I'm not, if, if we're not preparing the next generation to live with wisdom and grace as a Christian in a workplace where at the desk next to them, there's somebody who is transgender 
or there's somebody who is, you know, mm-hmm. gay and, 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 and with their partner, look like whatever it may look like. I think that we're potentially setting them up to really struggle in a world that's increasingly moving in that direction and maybe not knowing how to best faithfully live for Christ in that. So it's both and it's, it's a greater conviction than ever about biblical, you know, marriage uh, between a man and woman meant to represent something greater than itself. The, the union of Christ and the church, uh, people having a givenness to them as people who've been given a gender, not something that's up for debate or choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and to express to kids the beauty of that and the reason, you know, behind God's good design while simultaneously preparing them to live in a world where they're going to be surrounded increasingly by a totally deviant, you know, worldview filled with, with different kinds of lifestyles and, and trying to navigate that well for the Lord. And it's not easy. I mean, my wife and I were just having conversations about this yesterday, the day before my cousin um, just got married. She's a woman and she just got married to another woman. So, you know, what's this going to mean? And I, I say marriage in the sense of what they've understood to happen. Um, what's that going to mean for family gatherings? How are we going to, you know, think about that ourselves, uh, have conversations with them, talk to our daughter about that someday. Um, every Christian, I think, is, or not, maybe not every Christian, but increasingly believers are just having to navigate these situations with wisdom. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Mike, anything else uh, on your mind in terms of all this? There's just so many directions to go. But Yes, thank you. I, I really appreciate what you're saying. I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And let me give you an example. This is going to be kind of a uncovering the uh the uh you know inside the sleeve of the of the lp here of the album and and reading liner notes um, but there's something i've learned about podcasting okay we are by no means experts um we've done what 201 episodes of the ocp podcast i don't know how many i've done of humble bold um we don't we're not that we're not that you know far into it but what I've learned about podcasting, I think, can be applied to what we're talking about here. Okay. This is what I've learned. Listen without interrupting and planning your answer out while the other is talking. Then take your shot without ignoring the validity of the other viewpoint. I was listening to a podcast the other day, a couple of them from some friends of mine, and they were talking over. In fact, I wrote to my friend and I said, uh, Hey, love you, buddy. Listen to your recent pods. One quick advice. You guys interrupt and talk over each other too much. Sorry to be so blunt. He wrote back, thanks for the good uh, feedback, you know. Um, So I say all that because here's the thing. Listen, I I noticed early on when we were doing the podcast, I was having a tendency to to talk over you, okay? And I I would interrupt you without even realizing I was doing it. I would go back and listen when I'd be like, cringing okay Mm. that's kind of a microcosm for life sometimes like we have to listen without interrupting and live together yeah you're gonna have people in your office that are all sorts of things Mm -hmm. okay this is not the the you know whether what they identify as and all that kind of stuff that's the new definitions and there's been plenty of things all through all through the history of the world where people deal with that right but listen without interrupting and or planning your answer out then take your shot without ignoring the validity of the other viewpoint Here's my thought. We're going to need to keep emphasizing the word rightly handled mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, and I like the way you put it, embody gendered vision of godly marriage, right? Uh, the you idea, said it better, but yeah. But we have to say we have to say what we are now. We have to define it more clearly when it was assumed before. Yeah, yeah. But I'd say this. We need to prepare with wisdom and grace, and I'm using your words, with wisdom and grace, 
without accepting sin, without condoning sin, without right. celebrating sin, but without right. condemning sin. We're not called to condemn sin or accept it, condone it, or celebrate it. We're called to confess our own sins, right? And call out when necessary, but loving all people while learning and living and preaching Christ. Mm-hmm. It's like we're still learning Christ. We're still live, uh, you know, we're living in Christ and we want to pre- proclaim Christ, but we've got to have a life that, that's being lived and words that are matching up to the gospel and that the life doesn't pull the rug out from underneath the gospel witness. But it's always about the gospel witness. Like it's not about the promotion. It's not mm-hmm. about your longevity at a company. It's about God's purpose yeah. in his yeah. kingdom for yeah. you. That's a really good distinction. You know, so I think that the whole gospel focus is going to really need to be what continually, um, you know, for a long time we said um, someday we're going to notice who's a Christian and who's not more more quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, we're getting more that way now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's what do you think? No, I agree with, and I I appreciate that because, um, everything I was saying could almost be taken to mean alongside of these faithful convictions. We need to teach people self-preservation or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. in the world. And, um, no, you're exactly right. It's about witness for the gospel. And I think I just feel it myself that these, these situations in some sense, the reality of the sin and the need for Christ is, is plain. But then the application of that, you know, in terms of my love towards that person individually, it can become complicated. It's something that we have to be praying about, um, asking for wisdom, you know, about because every situation is unique and, and every situation with, um, you know, trying to love and interact with somebody who would identify as LGBTQ plus, that's unique as well. And um, some senses like any other person, uh, but there's unique flavors to the conversation as well. So um, I think that. I think there's many more places we could go, obviously, but I think we're coming close to an end. Is there anything else that you'd want to just emphasize as we close this one, Mike? Mm-hmm. Probably the the best I could give right now would be this, and and this is the thought that just you know popped into my head when you when you asked me. Find your identity in Christ, be rooted in Christ, and however you can, give people. I'm going to say a vision, uh, a, uh, a preferable future, how their life can be rooted in Christ. Hmm. Like if, when you're dealing with unbelievers, to be able to say, you know, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. Now, you know you have something in your life that you've been battling that you don't like. You're not celebrating, but you're caught by it. Your foot is caught. You know, you're caught in a trap. Mm-hmm. Jesus set me free in this way or this mm-hmm. way or this way. He can set you free too. I just think giving that our, when, when our identity is, is just rooted in Christ, Christ is my life. It's not I who live, but Christ lives in me. And then we are giving people those kind of answers in the moment that they need it. Okay. We're not talking about being tone deaf or, you know, like yelling, shouting people down in the public square, right. nothing like that. Right. Like I am not a fan of, going and, and picketing someone else's parade or, or, you know, I'm not even a fan of standing outside of the company I don't like and telling them how bad they are. I mm. just like, I just don't go there, you know, but I, and I'm saying, so like work, live and work and do your life amongst the mass of, of humanity, wherever God puts you, but be a gospel witness and know you are preserved and kept by Jesus. You're not in any jeopardy. And you, you're, you're guaranteed eternal life with Christ. So kind of let her rip when it comes to when you have the moment 
that you can actually say something like be the upstanding citizen and then just go for it with the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I think my, my closing thought as we're, as we're landing the plane would just be by way of encouragement. It is easy to become a little bit myopic, you know, focused on America, focused on our context, our point in history. Um, and I need to remind myself, Jesus is Lord. Um, and his, the gospel will prevail, you know, it is prevailing all around the world, even as we're, you know, fighting against these things in America and, and potentially concerned, the gospel is exploding across the global South. So many people, you know, in nations where the gospel has historically not had much purchase, so many people are coming to trust in Christ and have their lives changed. And, um, <laughs> yeah, his, you know, God's plans are bigger even than what's happening in our country. America, this ship could go down, but the gospel will, will win in the end. Um, and Christ is on the throne. So that's encouraging as well to even give some perspective. But uh, with that, uh, listeners, we we are uh, thankful for you. I hope that these podcasts, even if we have been too focused on this issue, I hope they've nevertheless been helpful to you. Uh, until next time, God bless you. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.